Welcome to the NPS MedicineWise podcast, helping health professionals stay up to date with the latest news and evidence about medicines and medical tests. Yeah, hi, I'm Steve Morris, uh, CEO of NPS MedicineWise, and welcome to another podcast in our series related to COVID-19 issues. In episode so far, we've heard a bit about what's going on in general practice and a bit of what's going on in the pharmacy environment. Today, we're going to hear a slightly different perspective uh, and concentrate on how we make good healthcare decisions during the pandemic in the hospital setting. So I'm joined today by Simon Judkins, who's an emergency physician working in Victoria at one of our champion health service hospitals and also represents the Australian College of Emergency Medicine on the representative panel for our Choosing Wisely Australian Initiative. Welcome, Simon. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah. And obviously, at the moment, it's um, a difficult time in Victoria. So just maybe give our listeners a, a kind of sense of the challenges you're currently facing at the minute. Yeah. So we're right in the middle of um, a, a surge in um, COVID cases within the community, as, as I'm sure everybody is aware. And um, But... Uh, it's a sort of an interesting time within the hospital system. We all, well, I think we all knew that this was happening. This was part really of the expected pattern of, of COVID that we would see suppression and then we would see a, um, uh, hot spots within the community. Um, fortunately, we're not seeing the numbers, um, of patients and infections that we're seeing in many overseas, uh, jurisdictions. So even though those numbers feel high, I still think they, they seem to be, um, relatively sort of controllable. Um, and certainly at this point in time, don't seem to be at the point where hopefully they won't sort of over, overwhelm the, the healthcare system. Uh, I suppose one of the positives about where we are now is that we've had time to really prepare um, the hospital system um, for these uh, spikes in ac- activity and case presentations. And so, you know, there's a good understanding of what we need to do to uh, improve capacity within the hospital system, improve our, our processes, um, you know, fast track the right patients to intensive care, arrange direct admissions from community into hospitals. So, you know, even though it's a concerning and very sort of anxiety sort of provoking time, uh, for you know, staff and patients um, and their families, um, we know that there's going to be illness. We know that there's going to be patients who are going to pass away because of COVID. I think the um, you know having to sort of prepare for this over the last um, six months um, uh, has has put us in very good stead. Um, and I think looking at, for example, the the fantastic resources that um, that Choosing Wisely have had, uh, had time to put together over the last six months certainly make sure that clinicians and and patients and consumers are really up to date with what the latest um, latest evidence shows with respect to treatment of um, of uh, COVID nineteen. Yeah, thanks, Simon. Look, and just to, to, to go further on from what you've um, mentioned about choosing wisely, it might be good just to firstly talk about choosing wisely and goals and principles for our listeners. Um, so can you just give people a bit of a refresher on what these principles are and whether you think they've stayed relevant during COVID-19? Yeah, absolutely. So if you look at the, the, the you know the basic principles which builds the Choosing Wisely ethos is really about um, being health profession-led, uh, improving quality and harm, quality of care and harm prevention. Um, it's multidisciplinary inputs into healthcare decisions, um, certainly consumer-focused and, and concentrating on uh, good communication between healthcare workers, health professionals and and consumers, patients and their families. Um, obviously, cl- clearly evidence-based, um, which is incredibly uh, it's vital um, in this, uh, this sort of pandemic and the management of this pandemic because we can certainly see what um, bad advice can actually do and how it can impact 
um, people's understandings of, of the disease, um, and certainly transparent in, pro- in the transparency in the process and evidence. And again, um, I would look at um, um, how the the conversations about the evolution of some of the evidence and the evolution of the process as we learn more about COVID um, coronavirus, we we adjust, and that's what good science and good evidence is about. Um, I think one of the strengths in the Australian um, approach has been the fact that we have had health professionals really leading um, uh, the um, leading the sort of uh, the preparations and um, and the treatments around COVID nineteen with the Australian healthcare system and having health professionals standing side by side with political decision makers and really working together to make the right decisions for for patients, communities, and healthcare systems has been, I think, one of the the real strengths of the um, the uh, COVID response um, in Australia. So, so some of the principles of choosing wisely have really helped inform some of that preparedness, um, Simon? Well, I think so. I think, I mean, I, I've reflected to people before that this does, the whole pandemic approach and the way the Australian health system has has uh, managed and partnered with um, with both patients and other political and other decision makers, political leaders, consumer groups, has really been um, a, 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 a big um choosing wisely um, venture. Um, as I said, it's been a lot of the decision makings have been health profession led. So we've had leading epidemiologists, virologists, infectious diseases, uh, consultants, intensivists, emergency physicians all collaborating um, together to come up with uh, uh, with the evidence and, and guiding the um, the process or the, the, the plan to manage COVID. Uh, through the community, um, it's really about improving the quality of the evidence and and harm prevention. I think one of the fundamental principles of of the um, the response to the pandemic has been about harm prevention. Um, so um, the issues around, for example, the physical distancing and the wearing of masks have all been about trying to reduce the harm from COVID nineteen. And so certainly that really is a choosing wisely uh, principle. It's been multidisciplinary. So not only within uh, the medical fraternity, but also um, other, um, as I said, epidemiologists, other craft groups, including, you know, obviously clearly our nursing colleagues, um, uh, well, physiotherapists, ambulance services, for example, and and other sort of uh, professions or, or, or um, uh, people involved in in the, the delivery of healthcare um, across communities. So you can see, based on those principles, um, they're very they've been very much embedded um, in um, the way. Um, uh, the way that we've been approaching the uh, the pandemic, and of course the evidence base, which I think is the most important part of this, and it's and it's really quite interesting to see how we have the evidence has evolved. As and I think everybody's been very of oh, it's clearly very open and um, honest about this. Is that you know we didn't have a lot of evidence around how to manage um, COVID nineteen as it first. Um, uh, developed across the world. And so we've seen trials based on the use of dexamethasone, for example. We've seen the trials based on the antiviral therapies. And now we're seeing trials based on, um, obviously, the um, the development of a vaccination. All of those um, clearly evidence-based, all of those um, either um, finding positive outcomes for the inclusion of, of um of uh, uh, treatments, but also looking at other touted treatments and clearly excluding those as being um, uh, non-evidence-based and, and not recommending those. So, yeah. again, clearly following those choosing wisely uh, principles. Yeah. Look, and, look, it's good to hear that those principles have, have, had, have had such a, um, a benefit in terms of helping to um, identify some solutions to some really difficult issues. 
Um, well, so you can certainly see, you know, some of the, and unfortunately, you know, we we have seen obviously um, people, um, and you know, there's obviously there's very prominent politicians in other parts of the world who have made um, uh, clearly unsubstantiated and unevidence based comments about treatments, and clearly, you know, that can lead to adverse outcomes, and that clearly can be dangerous. So, I think it's incredibly important that we focus on, you know, where the evidence is, and there are thoughts about whether a, a specific treatment may be helpful. You know, we've clearly seen a very rapid um, uh, engagement from the scientific community to either support or refute any um, any uh, treatments. Yeah. And beyond the, the broad principles, Simon, obviously Choosing Wise has also issued some almost pandemic-specific guidance, um, five key messages for health professionals, as well as um, a version of principles for consumer pandemic guidance. So can you tell me about this, this specific guidance and how maybe these messages can help with peer-to-peer and doctor-to-patient conversations about the risk and benefits of care and what care is truly necessary during the pandemic? Uh, yes. So, um, again, I think they're choosing wisely principles about um, uh, for both health professionals and consumers uh, and, uh, are very, very um, clear and very, very um, supporting documents. So, um, you know, looking at encouraging patients to seek the usual care for existing medical conditions is one of the first uh, guiding uh, principles. And I think that, again, incredibly important that we, d- we want to make sure that um, that patients realise and understand that um, maintenance, maintenance of their health and all their other healthcare conditions is vital um, during this time because, you know, um, obviously we're clearly trying to prevent um, uh, COVID infection and COVID spread, but we can't do that um, um, by sacrificing uh, other you know, maintenance of healthcare. So people with their kidney disease, diabetes, uh, their cardiac failure, in short, you know, we need to make sure that people have access uh, to their GPs and their specialists to, um, to maintain, uh, maintain their health. Um, uh, using healthcare resources judiciously again, and I think we're seeing that um, um, within the healthcare system that um, uh, people, clinicians, and patients have adopted, for example, or embraced telehealth um, and video conferencing around um, accessing their healthcare needs. So ensuring that um, you know the right resources are being used and we're using them effectively and efficiently. And I think that'll be one of the one of the big changes that we may see through uh, the pandemic that um, we change a lot of the ways in which healthcare is actually delivered. Um, in fact, um, one of the one of the early conversations um, I had um, at the start of this year about was about the um, people embracing uh, video conferencing and tele- teleconferencing for outpatients. And and one of the a leading hematologists said to me, "I realised that all this time I've been practicing doctor centred care instead of patient centred care yeah. by you know expecting." Uh, people to get in their car, drive for 45 minutes, come to find park, come to hospital, see me for 15 minutes, and then I send them back home again. And it takes their ho- a whole day. So, you know, clearly changing the way that we, we access and deliver healthcare um, is one of the, I think, one of the um, the positives that we'll see, uh, or one of the ongoing benefits we'll see out of this sort of evolution of, um, or forced evolution, I suppose, of, of healthcare. Um, yeah. It's certainly one of the themes that's come out of our other podcasts, and you know, Simon, how, how you build some of these changes in a sustainable manner on an ongoing basis. 
yeah, and I hope this is you know this is the next step into the next step is maintaining all of this. And I think um, the fact that it's not it's it's multidisciplinary as well. So we're seeing it from GPs, we're seeing it in mental health, we're seeing it in our outpatients. Um, so I think this uh, this change will be embedded um, in the way people access and, as I said, deliver healthcare. You know, resource stewardship has been incredibly important, and probably as a healthcare frontline healthcare worker. Uh, the issues around, for example, the use of um, uh, personal protective equipment or PPE um, has been one of the um, one of the uh, the most, I suppose, discussed um, and uh, pressing issues around resource stewardship. You know, where again, uh, uh, our personal protective gear, face shields, masks, etc., an incredibly important piece of uh, the protection for both healthcare workers and patients. And so, certainly, following the evolution of those um, PPE guidelines and how um, everybody has shown a, an amazing level of, of responsibility to ensure that those resources um, are fair and equitably spread across the system. I think it's been quite amazing because I think, you know, your initial response as a healthcare work would be give me everything, you know, I want to put everything on, but everybody understands that they have a role to ensure that um, everybody has access to that equipment when and where it's needed. So that's, again, been a, a very, um, uh, that's been uh, quite an amazing experience to watch people understand where the evidence is and really try and follow the evidence and, and ensure that we don't burn through um, uh, something as, as, as um as uh, important as our uh, PPE gear uh, to ensure that we have it uh, for the longer term. Yeah, thanks, Simon. You certainly give a, a very good overview of you know, the importance of those choosing wisely and evidence-based principles. Are there any, any final comments you, you have for our listeners? Oh, look, I think um, for the listeners, really, I think on both sides of the equation, both for the clinicians, but also for consumers, patients and their and their relative, and their families, their supporters, is, you know, this is um, more than ever a time that we need to uh, engage, we need to listen to and understand the evidence, um, you need to ask appropriate questions. Um, and really, I think, and, and, and understand, you know, even outside of your own personal space and family about what the system is trying to achieve. Um, there's always going to be differing views. There are always going to be, um, uh, different websites and people out in communities who are, who are, um, saying, um, controversial things. But I think if you can go to a trusted source, um, for your evidence and certainly, um, you know, the choosing wisely, um, source the website there with the information that's got on there can certainly I consider a very highly highly trusted source and I think if you have any questions about um, the pandemic guidance for both health professionals and uh, and consumers I would uh, strongly suggest that you go to the uh, the choosing wisely website and, and and get your information from there okay thank you Simon okay no worries thanks for your time and th- thank you for listening and as always everyone um, you can find additional details around covid19. Uh, as well as choosing wisely on our NPS uh, website, nps.org.au. Okay. For more information about the safe and wise use of medicines, visit the NPS Medicine Wise website at nps.org.au.